until that becomes a reality, we're to be seeking to live well on this side of heaven. We've been discussing Mark's gospel, Mark 10, 1 through 12. We'll be looking at a parallel passage this morning, but in Mark 10, 1 through 12, we find that the Pharisees come to Jesus with a question concerning no divorce. Is it okay to divorce? And Jesus responds, and he takes them from divorce to the beginning, back to Genesis 1 and 2. Now, what did God design at the beginning? And as we think about marriage, I want you to stop and think about marriage as God designed it to be. Think about marriage, but that's where a marriage is not what God designed it to be, but people still try to live together, and then also divorce. Whether it's marriage or marriage but or divorce, all three of them impact dozens of people. Children are obviously impacted. Grandchildren are impacted. Great-grandchildren are impacted. One's mate, parents, in-laws, neighbors, friends, extended family, and we could go on and on. Marriage, marriage but, divorce, impacts many, many people. And I think it's important that we grasp that in the context of what Jesus says in Mark 10, as well as Genesis 1 and 2. So it would pose a question. Can the professing body of Christ speak with integrity concerning marriage and divorce? Then a follow-up question. Can our local church speak with integrity concerning marriage and divorce and what Scripture says about them with integrity? Why? Or why not? Marriage designed to reflect God's image becomes a reflection of self-centeredness when a male and a female yield to Satan's plan. Marriage designed to picture Christ in the church becomes a battlefield of rejection and hurt under Satan's plan. Marriage as God designed it impacts many people. Marriage but is a relationship where male and female by choice, do not live out God's design for marriage, which influences many people. I find it interesting at the beginning of time, God created male and female. He put them together, and the enemy attacked. And he is doing that ever since. And it's interesting, too, that Adam and Eve did not have a sin nature When we get to Genesis 3, they did not have a world system that was in rebellion against God. It was just the enemy, Satan, luring them into disobedience. And he hasn't stopped that. We'll be reading from Genesis 1 and 2. But before we do, in Mark 10, 1 through 12, Jesus takes the Pharisees and the 12 from a divorce mindset to a marriage mindset by going back to creation. What does a marriage look like? in light of Genesis 1 and 2. At the core of the image of God, since Adam and Eve were created 
in the image of God. They were to reflect his image in their relationship. My comments have come from Genesis 1 and 2 because Jesus in Mark 10 appealed to Genesis 1 and 2 as God designed marriage. I will be sharing an item that I think is involved in the image of God, how it might look in marriage, and then just what happens in a marriage but or divorce. A marriage but is a marriage in which a male and female are married but lack by choice moving towards the image of God in their marriage. I place that in the same category as divorce because it's not moving towards a Christ-likeness. If you're an older couple and you're married, I encourage you to live out the image of God in your marriage and disciple younger couples. If you're married and you have children, model an image of God marriage because children and grandchildren learn more about marriage from mom and dad and grandparents than anyone else. If you're a young married couple, seek an older married couple to disciple you in your marriage. If you're a teen or young adult who is not married, understand an image of God marriage so that you know what to pursue as you look for a mate. If you're single, any age, whatever your background, married in the past, divorced or whatever, Pray for and encourage couples in marriage and push young people in a godly direction. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. In the process of creating on day 6, then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Verse 31, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. There was evening and there was morning the sixth day. As creation is elaborated on in chapter 2, notice verse 15. Genesis 2 and verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You're free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. The Lord said, or the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air, He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. 
For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Jesus, in Mark 10, appeals to creation. And he said to the Pharisees, what did God say at the beginning? And some thoughts on the image of God and how that may be reflected in marriage. The image of God involves community, relationships, involvement with, delight in one another. If you take God, you take Jesus and you take the Holy Spirit and think about eternity past. I can't fathom eternity past, but I use the term. What did God and what did Jesus and what did the Holy Spirit do? Apparently, experience community. Enjoyed one another, he delighted in one another, were involved with one another, and related to one another. They didn't need anyone else or anything else to make their life complete. Adam and Eve are created in the image of God. Male and female, to leave mom and dad, be united to one another. You find that as you look at the Gospels, Jesus and his relation to his father, there was community, there was relationship, there was involvement. They delighted in one another. Now think about that in the context of marriage. A husband and a wife just delighting to be together. So husband's on the way home from work or wife's on the way home from work and they're thinking, ah, can hardly wait. I get to see my mate. It's great. Get to spend the night with them. Share lives. Become soul oneness, sharing victories and joys and struggles. Not a closed guy like I was for many years. How was your day, Dan? Good. Where are you going? What's bothering you? Oh, nothing. They're learning to enjoy. Ruth Ann, just talking together. You say, what do you talk about? I don't, you, you figure that out. I can't tell you what to talk about. But, you know, just being together, enjoying that. And in the context of marriage, since we're humans, facing conflict and resolving it together. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit didn't have that conflict, but we live in a fallen world. So living today, facing it, accepting it, resolving it, expressing joy and acceptance, just a growing community, a relationship, a delighting in, and wanting to be with in the bonds of marriage. Picturing the image of God. In a marriage but in divorce, which the enemy has worked so hard, what happens? There's just separation. You will find in the image of God, in the Godhead, there's the issue of trust. God trusted Christ, Christ trusted the Holy Spirit, and just they trusted one another. And that comes through in John 17. That comes through in the creation account. With any marriage that is seeking to display the image of God, I think there would be a growing trust where there is action to build it. 
So a wife com- or a husband comes home and a wife says, where were you today? Oh, out and about. It'd be much better to say, here's exactly what I did. So a husband says, honey, what'd you do with that money? Oh, I spent it. Might be better to explain how it was spent. You know, to build trust and to maintain it. Just addressing any doubts. Share before questions are raised, whether it be concerning finances, whether it be concerning computer use or where you were. Trust is involved in the image of God. Seeking to build that within a marriage. Some of you may recall President Bush, number one. President Bush's wife, Barbara, was asked one time in light of some things that were happening in higher levels of leadership in our country, whether she had any question or doubts about her husband, you know, who he hung with and if he was involved and with any other women. And this was asked on TV program, and she laughed. I don't have any question about that. He wouldn't even think of that. He wouldn't do it. What, did she, what was she communicating? I trust him. Important as it relates to the image of God. As we have a marriage but, where the enemy lures us to divorce, and there many times is constant questioning. What's going on? And a checking up on. Jesus calls the twelve, he calls the apostles, or Pharisees back to creation. The image of God involves openness and communication. Complete communication. Naked. Naked in the sense that there's no hiding. And I'm not talking merely physical nakedness. I'm talking emotional, mental, and spiritual, financial nakedness. That there's nothing to hide. It's face to face. You want to know how God and Jesus communicate? Read the Gospels. Jesus is baptized and the Spirit descends on him and a voice from heaven says, this is my beloved Son whom I love. Jesus at the end of his ministry says to the Father, Father, you know, I've completed what you gave me to do, you know, right before going to the cross. Just openness. Genesis 1 and verse 26, then God said, let us make man in our likeness. Apparently God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are talking. We're going to make man in our image. We're going to make male and female in our image. Now think about that in the context of marriage, just an openness. In finances, oh, it's my money and it's her money. It's his money and my money. How about God's money? How about our money? Just an openness and talking about it. How about kids? Just an openness. As you talk about them, relate to them. How about your jobs? An openness and talking about them. And trying to be face-to-face more than you text. I'm not saying texting is wrong, but if you text a lot with your mate and don't talk a lot face-to-face, you're moving away from the image of God. Texting has its place. 
I'm just saying beware. Struggles. Just an openness in communication, complete communication and struggles you have. So Peggy comes home and Alan says to Peggy, what's going on? And Peggy gives this big long answer half an hour later. Alan says, okay. And Peggy says, Alan, what's wrong? I just had a struggle today and that's the end of it. You know, Alan probably needs to learn to open up a little, like I have had to along the way. You know, just openness in communication when it comes to our struggles. How about decisions? We discuss them, we share and interact. A husband is to lead, he's to make decisions, yes. To take leadership. But an openness in discussing with his wife. How about just the building words? An openness. You appreciate something about your mate, telling him, telling her, don't wait. One of the saddest things in life is that I saw a man that I'd known for many years was told by the doctor that his time was very limited. And he began to change in how he treated his wife. He treated, started to treat her as a queen and told her how he appreciated her and so on. Why didn't he start 60 years sooner with that openness? Why did he wait? I don't know, and that's beside the point. But we need building words. We need to encourage one another as we express openness and so on. In a marriage but in a divorce, there's hiding, there's blaming, there's bitterness, there's tearing down, there's little talking. Jesus takes them back to creation. Involved in the image of God is unity, harmony, God's handiwork as a unit with distinct roles and responsibilities. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were all involved in creation as you study the Gospels and the Epistles along with the Old Testament. They were all three involved. We know that they have different roles. Jesus had a role when he came to this earth. The Holy Spirit had a different role. Today they have different roles. In the future they have different roles. One, they're equal, co-eternal, and so on. But they have different roles. But yet there's unity, there's harmony. when The Godhead works as a unit. Colossians 1 brings that out. Ephesians 1 brings that out. Genesis 1 brings that out. That there's unity. There's harmony, but yet different roles and responsibilities. Who died? Christ. Who rose from the dead? Christ. The Spirit of God lives within us. The Spirit of God convicts of unbelief, but yet they function as a unit. Now think about that in the context of marriage, accepting our roles in marriage and rejoicing in them. Different, but yet pursuing harmony and unity. I have a role to lead Ruth Ann. She has a role to follow me. I have a role to love her. She has a role to submit to me. I have a role to nurture her, nurture her and spoil her, if you want to use the term in the correct way. And she has a role to come alongside and build me up.
but yet we're to function as a unit. Well, you say, I think differently than my mate. Good. You're different. Well, you say, we think different decisions. Good. That's the way God designed you. So you're making a decision, you say, well, he don't think the way I think, or she don't think the way I think. Good. You make good decisions as you let that blend together and complement one another. I'm a fool as a husband to make a decision myself. Why? Because God gave me a helper. She's to compliment me. She's going to see things I'll never see myself. Hey, Dan, did you think about this? No. Hey, Dan, you think about this? No. Honey, did you think about that? No. Unity and harmony, accepting our different roles and functioning as a unit. Think about that in the context of kids. Dad's there ready to... I'll take care of this kid. And mom's like, oh, don't be too hard. Do you ever consider that you compliment one another in how you treat children? God forbid that I treat my children like a mother. I'm not a mother, I'm a dad. God forbid that a mother treats her children as a dad. She's a mother. Different roles. Unity, harmony. Working as a unit with distinct roles. So work as a team. Compliment one another. Don't fight one another. Oh, we're making this decision. Let's sit down and talk to God about it. Let's pray about it. Let's seek Christ. And then let's discuss it. We throw things out on the table. And then the husband says, okay, now let's make a decision. Here's what I think is wise. As we have complimented one another. We're different by design. Don't fight it. Build on it. Makes a big, big difference in how we live and how we respond. So for me to say to Ruth Ann, if we're discussing kids or grandkids or we're discussing the decision, and I say, honey, you brought up four things there that I never thought of. I'm glad I have you. You compliment me. And I say to her, or she says to me, Dan, you brought up a couple things that I never thought of. I'm glad I have you. And you compliment me. It's not an issue of fighting who wins. It's an issue of displaying the unity and the harmony that God took a male and a female and put them together with a, by design to picture God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and they're relating to one another. Enjoy your differences. Don't fight them. Build on them. And Jesus is saying to the 12, he's saying to the Pharisees, I'm calling you back to marriage. Let's not try to figure out how we can divorce. Let me call you back to marriage. What God designed at the beginning, he designed that rather than attacking to go different directions and roll distortion.
marriage, picturing Christ in the church. But the enemy, Satan, our world system today and our own sinful nature many times pulls us away from what God designed. Time won't permit, but I could consider probably 16 or 17 other items that tie in with the image of God, how that looks in marriage and what God designed. That'll be a subject for another Sunday, maybe down the road four or five years, but not next Sunday. If you're an older married couple, pursue the image of God in your relationship. And ask a younger couple or a couple younger couples to come alongside you and disciple them, mentor them. If you're a young married, I'm sorry, married couple with some kids still at home, model an image of God marriage and teach it to your children. You have a tremendous impact. God has planned it that way for your children and your grandchildren as you get older. A young married couple, seek an older couple. Maybe their children are going from home to disciple you in an image of God marriage. What's it look like to make a decision as a couple? What's it look like to be be in unity, to be in harmony? What's it look like to trust one another? Help us in our marriage. Teens and young adults who are not married and you're thinking about marriage someday, seek to understand an image of God marriage so you know what to look for in your mate and so you know what to be. And if you're single, whatever the age, pray for and encourage couples in marriage and push young people in a godly direction. Jesus says to the twelve, to the Pharisees, you ask me about divorce, I'm taking you back to what God designed. Paul talks about Christ and the church, but I'm taking this back to Genesis because trying to look at it from the perspective of Christ when he was living. Every one of us sitting here this morning probably would say, it's a pretty tall order, isn't it? If we're to reflect the image of God in marriage, yes. And I think every one of us who are married or who have been married, if I were to say, did you blow it, would raise your hand and If you were totally honest, you would say, yes, repeatedly. You'll probably do the same thing in the future, blow it. But my encouragement is, let's not reflect on what has happened in the past, how we may have lived, how we may have failed, all that we have done well. Let's come back to the grace of God. Wherever we are, if we're married, if we're single, if we've been through a divorce or we're remarried or we hope to marry someday, what does God desire? And let's say, God, build into our lives what you desire. And thank you for your grace that provides for forgiveness, that makes it possible for us to continue in marriage because we extend grace to our mate. As we interact with God's word, we have a choice. 
Will we live it? Will we apply it? Or will we ignore it? What is your choice? Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Christ, that through him we can have a relationship with you. We thank you that through Christ you provided the resources we need to live in dependency upon you. We thank you for Christ and his calling the twelve apostles and calling the Pharisees back to what you designed. We live in a broken world. We fail in marriages. We struggle. We many times don't respond correctly. May we stop and ponder and think about what you have called us to be, what your grace has provided for us, and then living accordingly. For those who are present this morning that are married, encourage them. May they set their heart towards living out what you designed in marriage for your glory. Those that have been through difficulties in the past in the context of marriage, whatever that may involve, may they experience your grace, understand your forgiveness, and be able to let go of the past and seek to live in the present. For those that may be younger and would anticipate or desire marriage someday, may they stop and ponder your design, what you desire and seek to be what they should be and seek counsel and guidance as they may seek a mate that would be going the same direction as them. We want to be a body of believers that is sensitive to you, living in dependency upon you. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.